That's where my fear came from originally, of her. Because originally it wasn't fear of her. It was a fear of God. I felt that God was speaking through her. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Investigators say the premeditated murder actually happened in North Florida, where Anna Elizabeth Young ran a religious boarding school for children. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak in other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Anna Elizabeth Young is being held here in Cobb County on a charge of murder for the death of a child back in Florida many years ago. Now investigators wanted to know if there are other victims. Save yourselves from this untoward generation. According to the Gainesville, Florida Sun newspaper, investigators believe Young killed a two or three year old child and they're searching for other possible victims. And they that gladly received his word were baptized in the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. The Cobb County Sheriff's Office describes the woman who lived here, 76-year-old Anna Elizabeth Young, as a former cult leader known as Mother Anna, who ran a religious boarding school in Alachua County, Florida, where she served time after being convicted in 2001 of child abuse for bathing a 12-year-old girl in a steel tub with chemicals, severely burning the child. And all that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men, as every man had need. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Across the street, Billy Mountain would wave hello to his neighbors at the house of prayer, but he was always skeptical of what went on behind those closed gates. They kept those kids so well guarded, you very rarely saw them. Except when they would go into the front yard periodically to pray. And they would get in the front yard with the gates open so we could see, and they would all get on their knees and they would lean over like in, like in a Muslim prayer. And they would say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And that was the only prayer they knew. And at that moment, Billy knew something just wasn't right. Although they carried Bibles around, I said, they're not practicing what they are preaching. You know, it's, something's amiss here. Something's wrong. Something's really wrong. From next door, Billy would see new members trickle in. How did the kids get there? Well, Billy said that was a mystery. But new adult members seemed to consistently have the same story. I talked to one guy. He said... I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. He looked like he was terrified. He said, I have got to get out of here. And he said, but I can't because he said, if I leave, I'll go back to jail. But what exactly was so horrifying? We, we were down there several times as an agency to investigate different child abuse cases. Just about a year ago, Billy said that he saw a man wandering this property. The man said this is where his sister was killed and where they suffered torturous abuse. He said, now I'm grown up and I'm back. And he pulled his shirt off and, and it, it was just shredded, you know. And he said, this is what they did to me. 
Annie said it was mostly Anna. And Anna Young was arrested December 1st at her home near Atlanta. What she's charged with is a uh, murder of a child that we believe happened in 88, 89. Deputies say she tortured and killed a toddler named Eamon Harper. That murder was the result of uh, cruel punishment, um, withholding food, uh, just overall deplorable conditions and, and maltreatment. Young was charged with child abuse in 1992 after authorities say she burned a 12-year-old girl in a chemical bath to get the demons out of her. He said there was there was an 18-wheeler trailer over there and he said they would they would keep us chained up in there for, for days, sometimes weeks, and we, we didn't see daylight or anything. They'd sometimes just come by and give us enough water to keep us alive. Prayers and gates and privacy all seemed strange to Billy, but what always intrigued him was the big and blazing outdoor oven. They got this oven going 24 hours a day. I'd stay up all night long some nights just watching the people go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. My instinct said they're, they're putting bodies in there. They really are. They're putting, they're putting people in there. We believe that body was disposed of in a fire. We believe there are, are numerous victims, not just one. The sheriff's office began investigating about a year ago after a victim stepped forward. And Forgy said the victim has been followed by over a dozen more. They have documented other children and a couple of potential murders that uh, have taken place that Mrs. Young has been involved in. Anna Young is being held without bond at the Cobb County Jail in Georgia. She is awaiting her extradition back to Florida. It's pretty easy to imagine how, if you and your whole family are on the run from a horrible act that you are all party to, you might resort to some type of religiosity, if only as a means of emotional camouflage. One thing I know for sure, None of us can hide from ourselves. What we do, the lies we tell, it never goes away. No matter who we're able to get one over on or convince, it's always there, inside, threatening to bubble to the surface. Now imagine, hypothetically, not just you and your spouse are culpable, but you have roped your entire family into this ugly thing. Kids so emotionally immature, they would have no way of understanding the long-reaching impact that ugly thing would have on them. Imagine that where you lived, there were whispers about that ugly thing and how what you said was one thing really wasn't that thing. And even though nobody had any proof, everybody knew. Truth has a way of doing that. You know it when you hear it. It has a flavor of authenticity that lies can never achieve, no matter how skilled one might be at manipulation. And don't forget, never forget, that the people you roped into your ugliness, they know, they will always know, no matter how much they lie for you. Every time they look into your eyes, they'll know. Every time you open your mouth, they will understand the lies you are capable of. And so doubt, it takes up residence. Whether they admit it or not, it's there. So what do you do if you are the author of this ugly thing? How do you get away from it? 
all kinds of criminals suddenly decide that they have found God. And I don't doubt that some do. I don't believe for one single solitary second that Anna and Robert Davidson suddenly found God. I don't believe that there was ever a moment that either of them were genuine about being good Christian people who wanted to help others through their own self-sacrifice. I don't believe this for many reasons. In my opinion, all of it. It was utter bullshit. A smokescreen. Even the new attire that Anna adopted, I'm told as far back as Chicago, before she left. It was just a costume, and later it became a convenient cover. I believe what they got out of their religion was an effective con, and that's something that they both were good at from a young age. They were both cons, and it worked for quite a while, this con. Think about where we are, where they were. Their child went missing, and police were starting to wonder if they had something to do with it. They've not only got the Michigan State Police on their backs, even with Kathy's case being stalled, but the Chicago PD is out there now asking questions around where they live about Kathy and possible abuse. And despite the fact that they haven't found anything to pin on them, they sure aren't giving up. You even had some in the local media who seemed to have caught a whiff of the truth as well, based on them bringing their findings directly back to police. But the Davidsons have kids, and they need to support them, and maybe they decide that there are worse ideas than getting the hell out of Dodge, or in this case, out of Chicago, out from under the prying eyes of the Chicago PD. Not to mention the scene of the crime. That house on South Hermosa. That closet. So it's 1979 or 80 when their youngest, Joy, is around two, that they move to Zebulon, Georgia. This is only a couple years after that anonymous letter was sent to police, basically asking why they had given up on the investigation and pointing directly at the parents as people who knew what happened to their daughter, Kathy Davidson. They didn't stay long in Georgia, but it was there that they met a father, son, and daughter who would go on to play pivotal roles in the events to follow. Around 1982 or 1983, they all moved from Georgia to a little house in Waldo, Florida, to start a church called the House of Prayer. They even had services there. All of the members would be given new names, more biblical names, to which they would be referred rather than their given names. The Davidsons would change their names to Anna and Jonah Young. This father, son, and daughter, who would later become among essentially the church hierarchy, at least the father and the son, would be called Elder Adam, Brother Thomas, and Sister Lois. Along with them was Anna's younger brother Grady and her daughter Joy. Most of the kids who were teens at the time Kathy went missing have splintered off and begun living their own lives, although they would filter in and out, visiting the house of prayer, even after the Davidsons moved from Waldo to a larger farm property in Micanopy, Florida, which would be the final resting place, if you will, of the house of prayer for all people. Seven twenty three Southeast one thirty eighth Avenue in Micanopy, Florida, is just a hop, skip, and a sneeze off State Road ninety three, which runs parallel to I seventy five. 
The property itself is just shy of four acres that butts up against the highway, but is separated by a wall of trees. The house is tucked away, in fact, and you wouldn't find it easily unless you knew where you were going after you exited the highway and slid around Wakahoota Road for a spell. The road is thickly lined with old trees, among them palm and cypress, reaching high yet bending under the burden of the accumulated Spanish moss that blankets the entire area. The House of Prayer had neighbors across the street, a friendly-looking, white two-story old house that stands in stark contrast to the dark red house behind the wall, which looks more like a compound than a home. A contractor hired to do some work on the house in the late 1990s after it was sold called it a very strange place, funky with a lot of add-ons and additions. And looking through the file of photos compiled from law enforcement, someone who flips houses for a living or enjoys home improvement projects might think, wow, I can do some neat stuff with this place. But for me, it's hard to look past the fact that some of those funky add-ons, like secret hiding holes in the floor of a closet and beneath a set of stairs, were specifically built to hide children from protective services who had come looking not too long after the Youngs, formerly the Davidsons, moved in. So, yeah, to call the otherwise neat old house that was transformed into the House of Prayer out of the way would be an accurate description, and I am certain that's exactly what the newly minted Anna and Joni Young wanted. They wanted to be out of the way. Here's where I'd like to take a minute to explain the con that I mentioned because I refuse to refer to the House of Prayer as a church, or anything even remotely resembling a church, because it was founded on lies and deceit. It was never a place that did any good. Now, there were a lot of surface deeds that were done that had the appearance of being good, like feeding homeless and taking in people who needed a place to stay, but in reality, that was all a smokescreen. You don't change your names, and in Robert's case, he legally changed his full name to Jonah Young, You don't do that because God tells you to. I'm fairly certain that God isn't all that interested in what you have on your social security card. They weren't trying to adopt biblical names to somehow be closer to God and shed the sins of the world around them. They were trying to conceal their identities. The House of Prayer under Anna's reign was essentially a church built upon a strict adherence to the book of Acts from the Bible, taken literally, which included them all living together as a community and pooling their resources. That aspect is pretty integral to the con, and you have the built-in biblical justification for taking the money of everyone who lived there and spending it as you wished under the guise of communal living. And that's exactly what Mother Anna did. In the world, but not of the world. That's how they described themselves a group that prided itself on community outreach, though this outreach tended toward the target-rich environment of the easily lured single mother or elderly person who already had or could get welfare. They hunted for prey in the economically depressed areas of Gainesville, Florida. And the House of Prayer operated on those taxpayer-funded benefits. Elderly people who couldn't take care of themselves, folks in nursing homes, disabled, anyone who got a check cut to them by the state. The Youngs would minister at local churches and do outreach in locations where they were sure to find people, single women with children in particular, 
who needed a helping hand. Folks who were down on their luck and needed a place to stay. They would invite them to a service and then eventually to live at the home, get them all settled in, and immediately parents would be separated from their small children. Mother Anna was their mother now, they were told. Their biological parents were no longer allowed to speak to their children or even use their legal names, according to former church members. Babies would stay in Anna's room with her. This church had an interesting way of breaking down familial bonds rather than nurturing them, and I can't for the life of me imagine what passage from the Bible they used to justify that. The adults would work on the farm, and everyone there would adopt the long, flowing attire that covered almost everything but their faces, and, not coincidentally, any bruises, scrapes, or scars that might be beaten into them. Because all income would be turned over to Anna, except for a small allotment now and again, a few dollars for necessities like toothpaste and deodorant, it wouldn't be long before the members would be completely at the mercy of Mother Anna and Jonah Young. Members were not allowed to leave the house of prayer unattended, except for the few who had jobs, and they too were required to turn over their paychecks to Mother Anna. If any member questioned or challenged her, they were evil. Anna's tools of manipulation were fear, ridicule, and humiliation. Witnesses say that adults were quick to physically discipline children, and Anna would not only beat the children with sticks and other items like extension cords, she would order other church members to do so as well. Anna was described as charismatic and highly intelligent, and now she dubbed herself a prophet, too, so that charisma and intelligence worked to her advantage. What was set up early on is that Anna was a prophetess, and that God was speaking through her. She had the ability to convince people through manipulation coupled with control. According to witnesses, Anna would appear to... Wait, just a second. Let's use the right words because words matter. Anna would not appear to do anything. Anna would pretend to go into a trance, convulse and speak in a deep male voice making proclamations to the congregation that they firmly believed to be God speaking through her. After each of these prophecies where she was alleged to be directly communicating with God, the entire congregation had been trained to chant, Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. During one of these dramatic trances, Anna proclaimed that God revealed to her that if they were going to be physically punishing the children, why not the adults? Now, I fully admit that I am one of those people that does not believe that physical punishment in the form of beatings is helpful when you're raising a child. I don't think that putting fear into a child is the same as respect. In fact, I think that children respect adults more when they can get them to do what they want to do without beating on them. So to me, that makes perfect sense. If you're someone who thinks beating a child is an effective means of problem solving, why not do the same thing with adults, right? Because that's what you're teaching children when you're hitting them right. You're teaching them that if you want someone to do what you want them to do, beat them. But I'm certain that most of the adults in that congregation thought, wait, wait a minute, you're going to beat us and then put us in a closet? You're going to, wait, what? And most adults out there who spank their children, if you said, okay, now, honey, 
I've decided in my house that when you do something I don't like, and I'm talking to my husband now, I'm just going to spank you and not the spanking in a, ooh, baby, spank me kind of deal. We're talking about me telling my husband that when he doesn't empty the trash in a timely manner, I'm going to bend his butt over the kitchen table and whack him with an extension cord a few times. That's essentially what Anna was saying. And I'm pretty sure most of those congregants thought, wait, wait, what? God said what? Now you might ask yourself how any grown adult can be deceived by what is so obviously a con. But you needn't stroll too far back in history to get an applicable reference for this sort of thing. Remember Jim Jones and the People's Temple of Jonestown? That's where we get the overused expression, drinking the Kool-Aid, as in, boy, you believe what Donald Trump is saying, you've been drinking the Kool-Aid, son. Not exactly a warm reference, given the Kool-Aid in question was poisoned, and a lot of people died. It wasn't actually Kool-Aid, by the way. I believe it was some off-brand substitute. So when you couple the fear of physical abuse with religion and the threat of eternal damnation, that seems to be the sweet spot within which people can be made to believe all sorts of things. When asked how Anna was able to exert that kind of control, one member, she said she lived in constant fear of getting the requisite 30 lashes and being placed in the box. Whatever they were thinking, individually or as a group, No one questioned Mother Anna, because if they did, it would invite her wrath in the form of extreme punishment. A punishment of choice for Anna was putting the person to be disciplined in a cage that resembled a large dog crate, which was placed inside the trailer portion of a tractor trailer and parked in the hot Florida sun on the property. Cult members were left for days, stripped naked, without food, water, or any means to use the restroom. One member said she witnessed her own mother locked in the cage for days, stripped naked, and fed through the cage like a dog. Children were put in closets for long periods of time after being beaten to the point that they would eventually have seizures. And if all that doesn't ring a bell or two in the form of modus operandi and the death of Kathy Davidson you aren't paying close enough attention. By definition, modus operandi, or MO, is a distinct pattern or method of operation that indicates or suggests the work of a single criminal in more than one crime. And boy, do we have that here. Anna, Bobo, McDuffie, Rollins, Moulton, Robinson, Davidson, Young, a.k.a. Mother Anna, had an MO, and that MO involved beating and then putting adults and children into small spaces, often starving them for days at a time, some of whom were left to die in those spaces. Once the children at the House of Prayer took so much of her physical abuse that they began to grow weaker and appear obviously ill, oftentimes with signs like seizures, Anna needed to get rid of them. I have to ask myself if anything like that happened to Kathy before she was put in that closet. If she was beaten beforehand, if she was exhibiting any of those symptoms before she was put in that closet, witnesses said that 
She had been taken out of the closet and appeared disoriented. That could have been due to the heat. It also could have been due to a head injury. It certainly wouldn't be any different than what Anna did to the children at the house of prayer. So it's not surprising that the people, adults and children, who lived at the house of horrors felt trapped. Couple the threats of religious retribution in the form of going against the word of God with those physical threats of violence and what you have are people who have been so beaten down that they have a hard time seeing a way out. And don't forget she had their money too. And most of them had no vehicles. They had no money, no support. If they wanted to leave, it was a situation where it was a dead of night with the clothes on their back kind of thing. And most of them had to come to the house of prayer because they didn't have much to begin with. Their phone calls were monitored. They weren't even allowed off the property alone. Some of them didn't really have anywhere else to go. And certainly not on foot. I didn't read a single witness statement that said anyone actually enjoyed living there. They all said it got awful pretty quick, even if it started out as something they thought would be good. In a very short time, the singleness of heart and community described in the Book of Acts literally became a house of horrors. Stay tuned.